would love to introduce you to my special guest, Adam Daly. He works for Octec. How are you today, Adam? I'm great. How are you, Rana? I'm very good, very good. So thank you for joining me for this interview uh, or this chat that we're going to have about disability employment services and what they're all about. And so I wanted to ask you, so what is it that you do if you wanted to introduce yourself in a nutshell? So my name's Adam. Um, I have the pleasure of having the best job in the world. I'm an employment consultant for Octec and I literally get to spend my days dealing with people and helping people find jobs. So from any industry in any niche, um, I've dealt with it pretty much. Uh, I like how you said that you have the best job in the world. I don't hear that from many people. So that's quite impressive. Yeah, yeah. I love my job. There's not many facets of it that I don't enjoy. So getting to go to work every day is a pleasure. Perfect. And Adam, I wanted to know, so imagine someone that's never heard of DES, Disability Employment Services. How would you describe it to them in a nutshell? The most simplest way. Yep. Um, So like in layman's terms, it's serving someone with a disability and assisting them into employment. Um, A lot of people in this industry seem to come in thinking that it's a case management um, aspect and like that we just deal with um, people like on a psychologist sort of level. So they're a bit shocked with the sales side of it. Okay. Um, You are selling a client to an employer. You need to realize that. Some people find the distinction hard to get and take it as more of a case management role. Okay. Um, There is that side of it. Like, don't get me wrong, there is that side of case management. But at the end of the day, we're here to help people find work and 90% of our time should be dedicated to doing that. Yeah, I like how you mentioned the sales side of it. And that's what I do with a lot of desk providers is I teach them the sales side of it as well. And that's a question I'm going to talk to you very soon. Uh, I'm going to ask you. So I wanted to know, what are some of the most common misconceptions about your industry? Oh, oh, sorry, the most, not misconceptions, the most common challenges that you face in your industry? Um, The most common challenges, probably people that aren't willing to engage in the process. Okay. What do you mean by that? Some people come in and they legitimately want to work and they, they, they love to work if someone comes in and they got the right attitude and they, they really want to do something and they've got, um, you know, that drive and all that sort of stuff, then yeah. I can get them work like pretty much a day later. Like if they're, if they're really driven and really passionate. Okay. Um, but if someone doesn't have the right attitude and someone's really not playing the system, but just, not in the right mindset and really um, like disengaged from the process, I suppose. Mm -hmm. Dealing with them is a lot, is a lot harder. So trying to deal with them and motivate them and get them, I suppose it's like a bit of a a pipeline where you've got them at the bottom and the people that are work ready at the top. So you've got to sort of move them along the pipeline. So you might have to spend a bit more time case managing that person and um, working with them to get them a bit further up the pipeline. So they're the harder clients to work with. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, that's the, that's probably the biggest challenge I would say is working yeah. with those clients and trying to get them to the to a position where they're sales ready and uh, you know they're interview ready. They've got their resume ready. They've got their work clothes ready. They're ready to go. They're 
keen to go, they've changed their outlook on everything, all that sort of stuff. So just getting them into that right mind frame. Yeah, and that's important because I, I've worked in your position myself and those people come in and sometimes for those people that have never worked in this industry, you get people that are coming in and they are not, they don't want to work. They just have that yeah. attitude and it's a general rate, general, I can't say that word, generation thing. So their parents, their grandparents, their uncles, aunties, everyone. And I've also seen people that have been turned around just by having the right support and someone believing in them. Uh, I'm sure you've seen that yourself. I'm guessing. Yeah, definitely. Like sometimes, so you're right. It could be a generation thing. They could have aunts and uncles that have never worked, grandparents that have never worked. So why should they have to work? So you've got to sort of point out to them that if it's a mental health barrier, like the benefits of working and mm -hmm. um, the fact that building a routine is going to get them out of bad sleeping patterns and get them out of the house and engaging with society and you know doing all these good things for them it's not just about working it's actually going to improve their health and once you can get through to them that way i think you've got a better chance of getting landing them as you know getting them ready as a good client okay great so what i'm doing now is i'm muting every time you're talking myself because there is construction happening next door okay so and I mean, also just so for people know, you've got amazing people that come in, they're work ready, uh, they, they, they go in and they outdo all their other peers. So just for any employers that are watching, I want them to know that. And when you are placing people into work, you are usually placing the people that want to work, that are ready, that are going to do the, a great job. Yeah, definitely. Like all yeah. the clients we send out are the work ready clients. So we've yeah. basically got like a traffic light system traffic yeah. light system so the red the people in the red aren't ready for work yet so mm -hmm. we've got to work on them building confidence and everything yeah the, the amber we've got to work a little bit more and the green are the ready to go clients they're the ones that we can just smash out straight away so yeah we probably spend about 80 percent of our time on really getting them into employment Perfect. And I actually learned that you, uh, that uh, red, amber, green is universal for employment services around the world. We used to use that in the UK as well. Oh, really? Yeah. So, I mean, I it's not, I, 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 the first time I heard of it was when I was working in the UK, well, I think, or in Australia. I can't remember. Okay. And now, you've, how long have you been working in this industry? Um, about seven or eight years now. Wow. That's a long time. Okay. So, if you could go back seven years, and what advice would you tell your inexperienced self that just has started in this industry? Um, I was actually approached to come into this industry. So I have a strong background in digital marketing and sales. Yep. Um, so like I come from a working with a record label, sell, selling into record stores and selling into media and TV. And then I was an auctioneer mm, okay. and did a lot of marketing and PR and all that sort of stuff. So you were, then, you were headhunted? Yeah, so I was headhunting through LinkedIn and they wanted me, I thought I was there as like a case manager, but I was actually there to spruce up the sales team, the sales okay. team. So um, I basically brought in my sales expertise and turned around the KPIs that they were missing out on okay. to um, show them what they were doing. So it was, it was a bit different because I wasn't selling a product, I was actually mm -hmm. selling um, I don't want to say selling a person because that sounds so 
it just sounds mean. <laughs> um, but essentially, you are you're you're selling the asset of a person. You're selling the the um, the the um, like the I can't think of the word the um, the uh, I've completely gone blank. Like the the essence of a person, the the, the drive of the person. Yeah, the capabilities of the yeah. person. You've got you've got all these different these different things with the people that you're working with. So you've got to sell them to the employer. So it's a little bit backwards to selling a product into a marketplace. Yeah. So wrapping my head around that was a bit different. So that the advice I would give myself would be to be ready to switch gears and realize that it's not going to be as as straightforward as normal selling. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I always tell people that the most difficult set selling is recruitment, but also employment services, because when you are marketing someone in employment services, uh, sometimes, I mean, they let you down that it's not always as even sometimes they might not do so well in the interview and it's yeah. not their fault. So you might do the best job. You might be the best employment uh, practitioner out there, the best marketer, but then you also have to get that person ready. So that, that I don't want to say product, but that person getting yeah. them job ready, motivated, making sure that they know what they're saying in the interview. So there's two aspects as well. There's, I mean, yeah. there's not two, there's 10 or 20 multiple uh, facets of this, uh, this, this role. Yeah, definitely. And get, yeah, like you said, getting them, getting them ready and getting them in front of the right employer is only the only one step in the process. They've got to actually be ready enough to be able to take the interview on. So that's, that's another part in the process doing mock interviews with them. I find really works. Yeah. Um, pretending you're the employer and going through the questions because you can jump on Google and look up the 20 most asked questions in an interview and you can get a list that like you can get a million lists. So it's not hard to find. Yeah. Um, and then you can go through them all with them. Like, where do you see yourself in 10 years? Why do you want to work with us? What do you know about the company? All these sort of questions. Um, and you go through them with them. And then when they go in, they've got a lot more confidence and they've got a lot more self-esteem and they've got a lot more that they feel like they can offer the client, the the employer than before if they weren't as ready for the role. Yeah, that's true. So you have to basically be an expert in sales, but also an expert in employment and employability and yeah. uh, the best practices. Okay, so uh, my next question is, what, what would you tell an employer that you've approached and that is hesitant to hire someone because they have a disability? So what, what would you say to them? Yep, I get this one a lot actually. Um, but there are so many, so many reasons. There's like turnover and profitability, decreased sick days and personal leave, increased possible, uh, increased productivity, mm -hmm. higher rate of team inclusion, employee loyalty, company positive change. Like there's a lot. Sometimes the biggest hurdle is educating them, the employer, into mm -hmm. that the person with a disability is just like everyone else. So. Yep making them realize that it's not an illness that's going to affect their daily life. It's actually in some cases going to do the exact opposite. Like yeah. it could, they could have some sort of Asperger's or something where they're perfect, just working by themselves doing a repetitive task. So if you put them on a conveyor belt, 
fixing parts, they're going to be like in that element. They're going to be perfect for the role mm. where if you put someone else, they might get bored really easily. Yeah. So like you can, if you've got the right client and you find the right employer, you can, there are ways around it, but some employers are hesitant just because they're not educated on the topic. So I think a lot more education needs to be provided to employers. Yeah. I don't, I don't know how that's going to be made more aware. I don't know if more advertising campaigns need to be made available or what there is. I've got my, I'm a mental health advocate as well. So I have my, my mental health website that I try and promote. Okay. Um, what's that website? If we, so whoever's watching. Um, it's called the own yourself.com. So it's okay. got a lot of personal development and um, stress relief and all that sort of stuff on mm-hmm. there. That's um, great. So you're yeah. also an entrepreneur yourself. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I like to stay as busy as possible. Um, and yeah, just educating the employer and making them aware that they're just like everybody else. Um, they're not going to be a good worker because they're physically impaired, but all of these things are literally opposites. And once employers are educated to that fact, I think the industry is going to turn full circle. It's just up to people like us to make sure that they're educa- educated. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, there's also lots of people that are already working in the workplace that have some kind of disability, but they don't disclose it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So there could be people out there already working full time that are, you know, recovering, recovering alcoholic or, you know, recovering from something or they might have like depression or anxiety or something and they're just managing it really well. So they're, that that happens more more than you know. Like one in five people have depression, so yep. the chances of someone in your workplace having a mental health illness is pretty high nowadays. That's true. That's true. Okay, so the next uh, question I'm going to talk about, and you've touched on it a little bit in the beginning, is you and I both know that in this industry, and I work in this industry now as a consultant, as a trainer. So I even spend months sometimes with employment consultants, coaching them. And the, one of the biggest challenges is getting them to, to try and get into the sales mindset that I'm not just here to help people. I'm also here to build the company, to make sure it's five star. Of course, you're here to help people, but I'm talking about I'm here also to sell. Yeah. So what is some of the advice that you would give to an employment consultant that's coming in and suddenly they're like, well, you have to make cold calls and you have to go out and market and you have to send cold emails and you have to network on LinkedIn. So but they are resistant. They don't want to do that. All they want to do is be a counselor and they want to sit all day helping the client, helping them with their resume, helping them with their interview skills, which is all great, but they don't want to pick up that phone. They don't want to do any sales. Yeah. Yeah. I know exactly what you mean. And like you said, I touched on it really briefly at the beginning. Firstly, wanting to help someone is an extremely admirable quality. I think And anyone that legitimately wants to wants to find a job where they can literally better someone else's life is absolutely amazing there's not really enough people that are willing to do that in the world so kudos to people that want to do that but with the role there is definitely a sales aspect and it is probably as high as 80 Mm percent of your time will be selling because you are responsible for that that client being in front of the employer um, so you've got to get on the phone and you've got to be cold calling employers. You've got to be marketing the, the clients with cold employers. You've got to be emailing. You've got to be jumping on seek. You've got to be doing all these sorts of things. Yeah. So it's not just about sitting with a client and 
being a psychologist and going through their day and trying to help them in that regard. We're not trained for that. We're not professionals like that. And I think it's a bit naive to pretend that we are because Mm -hmm. we're not made to be that. That's true. Um, And the fact is we're employment consultants, so we should be doing that. We should be focusing on getting the client the best possible job that they can and working towards that goal. So, yeah, the sales aspect is probably the highest thing in the, in the industry. I myself probably spend about 90% of my time marketing. So I'm on the road a lot. I visit employers. I like that face-to-face engagement. Yeah. Um, then if not, I'm on the phones, cold calling employers, trying to set up meetings, um, a lot of that sort of stuff. So I probably see three, maybe four clients in the morning and the rest of the day I'm out there marketing. So that's, that's how I my day. So I don't spend, I spend enough time with the client to get to know them and get to know their needs and their wants and their desires yeah. and then roll off that, get make sure everything's ready if they need their resume updated, all that sort of stuff. Get the get the power in your pocket and then go out there and smash it. Yeah. So I mean, if now you, Octech is pretty lucky to have you. To be honest with you, because I can see your passion and your drive and your no your fearless attitude towards helping somebody. And what like what makes you? Okay, let me reframe this question. Why? What drives you to do that? Because, I mean, what, what is your thought process when you are saying, I don't care, I'm going to go out, I'm going to market, I'm going to help people? Because I also see the opposite side of employment practitioners or consultants yeah. not doing that. Yeah, okay. Well, I, I just really love everything about this industry. Like, I loved marketing and I loved um, selling and all that sort of stuff. So, I've come from jobs where I've really enjoyed, I don't know if I'm just enjoy work or yep. if I just like staying busy, I, I don't know. But especially working for a non-profit, that makes the, the values and everything a lot different. So I'm currently surrounded by even more positivity and all that sort of stuff That's than true. I would at, at, at a for-profit company. Not-for-profit, yeah. Yeah. And um, now... culture. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so I actually, like I said, I run the website and I actually run a marketing company at the same time. So after work, I work on that. So I actually earn more money, physical money, doing my side businesses than I do earn doing employment consulting. That's what I was so, going to ask you as well. Yeah, so I don't do it for the money. I actually yeah. do it for the passion of it. I really like helping people and I really like getting behind the wheel and driving out and seeing employers and doing all this sort of stuff. So it's not about money for me. It's more about helping the client and giving giving what you have to this to society and to the client and to the employers and you know, getting that odd letter every now and then saying, thank you, you've changed my life. And um, I was suicidal and depressed and now I've got a fiancé and a baby on the way or something like that. Like those things, they really change your life and touch your life. You don't get that out of any other job. There's no No. other job that you get that from. So, yeah, that's probably what really drives me in the industry. Yeah, that's amazing. I mean, you, you just triggered my memory. In the UK, I helped this guy. We had a disability and for many years, no one wanted to uh, hire him 
Yeah. And then finally I got him a placement. Firstly, it was work experience and he was a school teacher. So, I mean, he was quite educated and he was only 29. And I remember seeing him in the street a few months later and he just broke down crying saying, you've changed my life. And I was at that point, I was working uh, as a trainer. So I was doing all the sales and marketing training. So I moved up from employment consultant. But then it was at that moment, I was like, oh, I miss being an employment consultant. I want to go back to being an employment consultant because I never got that kind of fuzzy feeling of helping someone. I mean, I still do. Don't get me wrong. When I'm helping people that are employment consultants and I strengthen them in their sales, they help other people. But it was just that moment. And I was like, I would never forget that moment. And it was yeah, you it's saying that, that. one on one connection, yeah, that you get with someone that real it something about it, unless you've been in the in the in the grid of it, then you don't really understand what it is, I don't think. Yeah. And I remember even when I was an employment consultant, I had a lot of people and I used to work in sales before and I made t- not twice, three times the money that I did in employment consultancy. And I had people saying, you know, like you have so much potential, you you're so good at selling, you can make 200 300,000 why are you in this like $60,000 role what drives you and I said well for me it's about changing people's lives and there's no amount of money that can really uh change that I mean obviously now I have my own business and I'm making money and um you know I've I've changed my tactics but this is why I still want to work with employment services because of that reason and I could go to corporate. I mean, I still work with corporate, but employment services, I think it's just such a rewarding industry. So I was going to ask you the next question. So what drives you to work in this industry, but you already answered it. So anything yeah. else that you wanted to, to finish off? Um, no, just that, you know, we've got one life. So don't, don't waste it on doing something that you don't want. If you want to take that pay cut from, 150k a year down to 60 or 70k a year just do it like just do it man like changing someone's life is it's like a drug you can't you can't get over the high you can't you can't unless you've done Uh, it just you just you have no idea what you're missing out on yeah so if if it's something that you're interested in i'd really highly advise looking into it contacting one of your providers around the area and just having a chat to see what sort of um, offers they've got or if they've got any positions or anything like that. Just get out there in the community. Just engage with people. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And what message, what message would you give employers that are maybe kind Because, you know, to hire somebody is a huge... It's, it's, you're spending a lot of money. It's like you're telling them, make this $60,000 investment, $50,000 investment, right? Minimum. And sometimes that's a huge investment. So they want to make sure that they're, they're hiring the right person. And yeah. it's, if you're, they're a recruiter, they could lose their job if they don't make the right decision. Now, what success story do you have that you've seen or success stories that you had an employer say, and I've, I mean, I've got a lot where they're like, wow, this is the best decision I've ever made. This is the best work I've ever had. They're actually employ, employee of the month. So what, what, what story or what hack, what assurance can you give an employer that is on that fence? Um, well, one that does actually just trigger to mind from what you said then was a lady in a wheelchair that only had access to one arm. Okay. And she, so she, there wasn't a lot we could do. So we found a job for her with House With No Steps. Yeah. And 
it was a receptionist, so we had to get a special setup with the desk and everything, get the printer, printer set up specially, get the, um, the desk set up and all that sort of stuff set up, especially for her. And she has not had one sick day. She's been there, I think, 11 years now. Um, she has not had one sick day. She comes into work, rain, hail or shine. She is, like you said, employer of the month all the time. Like she just does everything anyone asks. She's happy to do it. She's happy to engage. She's just, because these people have been put down for so mm. long, when you give them the opportunity to go out there and do something with their life, they're so happy to do it and they're so happy to contribute. So That's just, spot on. Yeah, just giving them that chance and giving them that opportunity, you have no idea the amount of difference that you can make for someone's life by giving them that opportunity. Yeah, no, that is spot on. And that's what I've always realized. The, the, even I've had people that were ex-convicts and as soon as, as soon as someone gave them that opportunity because they were rejected so much yeah. and they, they didn't take sick days and they just worked their way up to positions, top positions. So, I mean, it's unfortunate that we have to, people are discriminating because I think it's a human right to anyone, for anyone to, to get opportunities, especially yeah. uh, people that, because I've even had employers that uh, I've seen and they said, I used to discriminate about people with disabilities, but now I have a disability and I had to lose my job. I had to, I lost my family. I lost my friends. I've, I've lost my livelihood. And now I understand what it feels like. So my message also to employers is it could be you someday. It could be your child. It could be someone that you love. So I'm not saying to hire someone with disability because you feel sorry, because at the end of the day, uh, employment providers, especially Des, they match you with the right person. And a lot of the, the, the good ones, they would never put somebody in a job that is not meant to be for that job or that can't do that job. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's not a charity, but at the same time, it's important to open up your mind. Yeah, definitely. Like, you're right. We're not going to put somebody into a position where they're not going to be able to perform and we, we're going to put the right person into the right job. We're going to market them to the right job and all that sort of stuff. And like you said, like, you never know what's going to happen. Like, people with the whole stigma of people being on Centrelink, yeah. you don't know if you're going to be made retrenched next year and a year later still not being able to find a job and you're going to have to go on benefits. So stigmatizing someone for being on Centrelink is just it's just kind of low in my opinion. Like yep. these people are legitimately trying to better their lives. So yeah. let them do that and just stay out of their way. Yeah. Oh, definitely. And I mean, even people with gaps and they want to work, I think they, uh, they have more potential than somebody being headhunted sometimes. Cause when you're headhunted, yeah, it's great. And they're leaving a position, but not, it didn't come from them. So they're leaving a position. They're like, okay, because this position came to me, I'm going to take the opportunity, but they didn't go out of their way to look for it. They weren't, you know, yeah. hunting for it. I'm yeah. not saying people that get headhunted. Uh, I mean, the, most of them are brilliant. You were headhunted and look at you. But sometimes when somebody is looking, they're searching, they don't have a job. They need a job. They want a job. Give them the opportunity. Maybe uh, yeah. I've seen people that their husband died. They had to leave work. I've seen that people that were carers for their sick parents. I've seen mothers that had to look after their children. There are gaps in careers or people with disabilities that, that are legitimate, you know, five years. 
but it doesn't mean that they don't have the transferable skill. Taking care of your sick parent or taking care of your children, those skills, I mean, those skills, they're so transferable and they're so useful in the workforce. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, you're right. And like you said, with the, um, with the gaps in careers, a lot of people do worry about that. Like, should, should I put traveling in there? Should I put caring? Like, what should I put in there? Just yeah. be honest. Just be honest. Where, like, was there a reason why you couldn't work for five years? Oh, my mental health was just playing up really bad and I just couldn't do anything. Just put something like that in. Just say you had health problems for five years. Yeah. I also pick up the phone because what's going to make you stand out compared to other, uh, and I mean, you know this yourself, I'm not telling you, but I'm, t- I'm giving the advice to the general. If you've had a disadvantage because you've got a gap, what's your advantage is get on the phone and talk to employers because once they hear the, f- I've had gaps in my, and as soon as I got on and people discriminate against my name, by the way, uh, you know, people, it's unconscious bias. My name is foreign, whatever. So I pick up the phone and as soon as I have a conversation with them, I'm in their office the next day having a great uh, interview with them. So that's what differentiates you. Get out there, go door knocking, get your face out there, go networking. Yeah, definitely. If you can, nine times out of 10, if you can get in front of the employer, you're halfway there to get them a job. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And I mean, reach out to people like yourself that are going to help uh, you as well. And so you work just one more time for Octec. Yeah. Where is Octec located around Australia? Um, I, I'm in the DY office, but we're all over Australia. So the head office is in Orange, and then yeah. we've got 159 sites, I think, around Australia. Okay. So pretty much anywhere you'll be able to find one. <laughs> Perfect. So look uh, look up Octec. If Octec's not around, then you can just Google local uh, disability employment provider. There's a lot of them around and you also get a lot of incentives as well so even sometimes cash incentives uh, um as well so i don't know if i meant to mention that but just for yeah, people so, to know. so there's wage incentives so if someone gets signed on for like a six month or a year contract then the government or the non-profit agency can offer them up to like five thousand dollars so like a 5% of their wage or 10% of their wage or something like that. If obviously if you're on a $50,000 contract, that's 10% of your wage already covered for you. So yeah. there's definitely good incentives there. Yeah, there's great incentives, but that's not why I think people also should not depend on that, but there's always incentives to hire somebody that because the government's giving these incentives as well. Yeah, so. exactly. We're here to help you. If you don't know what to do, if you don't know how to go about employing, um, applying for work if you've been out of the game and you've been made retrenched like you've been in the same job for 20 years or something and the whole industry changed yeah. then come to one of us so that we can help you because it's all digital now and you, you might have the last time you applied for a job you just went in and shook their hand and did a quick interview so so and the whole industry's changed now so yeah yeah and i mean if adam works for octec it must be a good place because he's brilliant he's great and he can make a lot of money but he's working at for octec i mean for this place so and he goes out of his way to help so I, i'm sure it's a great i'm i'm guessing it's a good place to work you recommend it yeah for- yeah highly highly recommend them yeah okay perfect all right so anyway thank you so much and i'm gonna uh, so i'm gonna put your details in the comments as well so people, yeah. if anyone wants to, I'll tag you, I'm going to tag you as well. So 
And if anyone wants to look you up or reach out to you, reach out to Adam. He won't bite you. He's a very nice, friendly guy who loves helping people and he's got the best job in the world. <laughs> Thanks, Rana. Thank you. Thank you.